1: to the butting heads podcast from rams talk radio now available on clutch points i'm steve rivero i'm here with the ultra entertaining johnny gomez johnny it was the first week without football since july or without without nfl football at least how you doing man
2: uh slightly bummed man i i need some football in my life but you know even though that there's no football on I, I'm still amazed because football still remains the most exciting off-season out of any major sport so there's that.
1: Ah uh, look as a fan of the NBA I think that the first week of July is insanity with all the free agent signings but I will give the NFL off-season credit that it's longer. Uh it's more it's more exciting for a longer period of time but Nothing to me beats the first like five days of NBA free agency. It's always chaos, and now like stars are moving around all the time, which is kind of wild.
2: I can I can see that also, but I'm sorry, the draft between the NFL and NBA and NFL
1: is way better. I agree with that. I think, um, and it's more it's more important because the NBA there there are guys that fall a little bit and like you can get franchise players outside of the top five but in the majority of drafts there's like three or four franchise changing guys if that sometimes there's one and you get them at number one overall but nfl i mean you could find franchise players in the third round uh often i think every year there's guys like that it's deep there's so many more positions it matters more and now in the NBA, too, it's a star-driven league, and a lot of times those draft picks are just getting traded for other stars. So yeah, I, I, I think they're both great. The NFL offseason has grown on me a lot in the last couple of years. But we will obviously talk about that not a, th- a little bit on this podcast and then a lot more in the coming weeks as free agency is set to kick off at the beginning of March. But before we get into it, guys, don't forget to follow our podcast, like, subscribe, rate, whatever, five stars, wherever you can. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, and Spotify. And iBeatRadio.com, where our show airs Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And you can also find our podcast feed on ClutchPoints.com. ClutchPoints is a great app uh, providing you with NFL and NBA news and anal- analysis and uh, highlights and whatnot. And we are their first team-focused podcast And Hopefully the first of many. And of course, don't forget to follow, check out the other shows on our feed, Rampage Radio and Rams Talk Radio, where I actually just recorded the Rams Talk Award shows with Derek Cipolla and former Ram Michael Stewart, which was a lot of fun. That'll be coming out later in the week. I believe this will be the first show out. So I definitely recommend you guys checking out that. I know some of you voted. Thank you to everyone who voted. Um, and yeah, it was a great show. Um. All right, Johnny, I think we can get into this right now. Let's talk about the first thing we're going to talk about is we mentioned the off season, and the first thing, the first domino that will fall for all the teams is the franchise tag. Now, the franchise tags can get confusing, but basically what it is is you get to designate one player, give him a uh, one, sorry, a one, uh, why am I brain farting right now? You give him a one-year deal and that deal is worth a set amount of money i'll give you some examples um for relevant positions for us uh defensive end this year if you sign your defensive end to a franchise tag it would be 18.65 million dollars defensive tackle would be 15.57 Offensive of line 15.28 and safety 12 million so johnny I'll just put it to you. The Rams have $29 million in cap space. They expect six, maybe $6 million of that to go to draft picks, give or take. Do you think the Rams will use a franchise tag, and do you think they should?
2: Uh, there's, In my opinion, there's really no player that's a free agent that really commands a franchise tag, to be honest. Uh, I, I guess you can make a case for you know, maybe one player. And I think you think, I think, you know, who I'm thinking of at the moment, but uh, yeah, I, I really, in my opinion in 2019, I, I wouldn't really use a franchise tag just because there, there really is no need. I, I if they can't sign the players um, in question, then there's probably no reason to apply the tag. And to be honest with you, we don't have a lot of money to spend. So the it, it it would be better spent, you know, actually trying to bring in players that they could keep around uh, at a much cheaper price.
1: Yeah, it's this year is a weird one for the Rams because um the guys that are coming up they. There's no clear like let's give a franchise tag to this guy because a like you said we're we're not really strapped with cash right now. Uh, we have a lot of important players uh, on the books. Most of the team will be back. I think. Uh, let me let me just give for our listeners the notable players that are gonna be free agents: Nadal Sue, Lamarcus Joyner, Roger Saffold, Dante Fowler, C.J. Anderson. Uh, Ethan Westbrooks, Dominic Easley, Matt Longacre, Sam Shields, Sean Mannion. Those guys are all unrestricted free agents. And then uh, restricted free agents are Corey Littleton, Troy Hill, Malcolm Brown, Blake Countess. Um, yeah, that's about it. JoJo Natson's a free agent too. So when you're looking at the franchise tag, the guys who would get considered, and I'm not saying these are guys we should consider, but just the guys that would be in the ballpark for franchise would be Ndamukong Su, Lamarcus Joyner, Roger Saffold, and Dante Fowler. And when you get into the logistics of these guys on the franchise tag, to me, it seems pretty pretty clear that unless Fowler is commanding a lot more money in the open market than we think he is, and even if he is, I don't think you should sniff his franchise tag, which is going to be at over $18 million. Um, I do not think in any world Dante Fowler is going to be worth that much, and that would not give the rams a lot of salary cap space or wiggle room at all um so i don't think you go with him sue his franchise tag would be more than he made last year if he stays with the team a i think it would be on a less than 14 million dollars or at most just the same amount of money i don't think they need to tag him um i think if the rams are willing to pony up 14 million he would just resign on the dot i think he had a good time being here but um, he's a guy that would take a discount, but there's a discount between or there's a difference between a discount and an insulting offer and for Nadam Gansu, we'll see what it comes to, but it's not gonna be fifteen million dollars. Same thing to me goes for Roger Saffold, who oh, offensive line would be around the same price. I can't really see them giving Saffold the franchise tag because A, I don't think he's worth fifteen million and B, I think he might be someone that's gonna be seeking more than one year on his contract, and quite honestly I don't think they disrespect him like that. And then Lamarcus Joyner, safety franchise tag is twelve million this year, but because we franchised him last year, it would be more than that. And he's not even worth twelve million. So, yeah, man, those are kind of my thoughts. Um, there's there's no logical player to get a franchise tag this year, right?
2: Not not in my opinion. I, I kind of agree with you on all of them. Uh, Fowler, in in my opinion is nowhere in the ballpark of $18 If if a team wants to go ahead and give them that much money, then by all means, and and I hope the Rams aren't one of those teams considering to pony up that much money. But, um, yeah, Sue, I guess, would be the only one, in my opinion, that would be, I guess, wouldn't be that disappointing if we were that concerned on losing Sue. But to be honest with you, considering he was only paid fourteen million last year. There's no reason to give the guy a franchise tag. And I you know, I, I wouldn't really necessarily want to bring back Sue at fourteen million. I wouldn't lose sleep over it, but um you know, maybe a little bit less I'd be happy with. But uh yeah. Uh the rest, Saffold certainly isn't worth fifteen million and Joyner isn't worth twelve million either, so um yeah in my opinion there's really no reason why the Rams should use the franchise tag
1: no the there's really not now we do need to mention this um so Corey Littleton is a restricted free agent Johnny I kind of forgot to bring this up on the pre-show but I did add this into a article going live on ramstalk.net should be live by the time you're listening to this podcast um just kind of breaking down some of the this and that with what's The Rams are dealing with cap-wise heading into this offseason. Corey Littleton as a restricted free agent. So restricted free agents, the team can match any offer they're given. They have first right to match it. And if not, then the guy goes to whatever team signed him. They can also attach a tender to these players. Now, what that means is if you attach a first-round tender to a player, you're basically having to hold on to 4.4 million dollars against the cap but if a player comes in and signs your guy to an offer sheet they would get paid um or the team could either match or you'd get a first round pick back in return now second round tender same thing except the money would be 3.1 million or the original round or later round the drafted will be 2 million but Corey littleton is the only restricted free agent that i could see a pick tender mattering for and because he was a undrafted player, it wouldn't be the original pick. I think that they probably will tender him at a second round value. And if somebody offers him a crazy contract, then yeah, they get a second round pick back. But I think that would kind of ex- that would kind of eliminate teams from really going after him because I think most teams would rather draft a guy in the second round than pay somebody. Uh, um, enough money that would make the Rams not want to match him and give up a second round pick and have to teach a new player a whole new system. So, I that was kind of a long winded rant here, but Johnny, I, do you expect the Rams to put a tender on Corey Littleton? Yeah,
2: I do. Just because I, I, I think that that Littleton is uh is in danger of leaving the team. To be honest, uh, if, if they don't. So I I think that it's kind of important that they do because Littleton, while I I think there are certainly uh, better linebackers out there, I I think in the open market at this point there isn't a whole lot to go by. So Littleton, I could see you know teams really um, trying to draw interest and in trying to bring them into the uh, into the market more than, you know, rather than staying with the Rams. So, uh, I, I do think it's important. And I think once they do apply the tender to him there, like you said, I don't think there's going to be any teams that'd be willing to give up, you know, a second round pick for him. But, um, yeah, if, if they, if they really don't watch it, um, and they, you know, neglect to put the tender on him, I, I don't expect to see Littleton back next season.
1: Yeah, and the good news is he is restricted. So even if they don't tender him, they can still match the contracts he get. But I think putting the tender would all but ensure they're able to bring him back next year. And um, I think that's the right move. It's a smart move. I think if you don't tender him, somebody might overpay him. That just – a team like the Colts are – to jets who have a ton of cap space maybe they just take a chance on him He was a good player who really had a breakout year in his first year as a starter great special teams player at worst um pro bowler in that regard and yeah man I, i think it's uh i think it would be smart to tender him with a second round tender you lose three three million in cap space but at the same time even though how precious the cap is that basically ensures you're bringing back a starter at a position of Pretty pretty significant need. Um and the good news about not franchising anybody is we won't have the Le'Veon Bell situation, so that's nice, right?
2: Oh god, Le'Veon Bell. That would bring nightmares to me. And then to add on top of that the whole Antonio Brown situation. Uh good luck, Steelers. You're, you're gonna need it this off season.
1: <laughs> we're we're actually gonna talk about Brown a little later, but guys, before we move on, we gotta like couple rams news options to talk about here but before we do guys most of us are practically addicted to anything los angeles rams well if you want to learn more about the team's history with a bit of a personal touch check out jim hawk's book Hollywood team grit glamour and the 1950s los angeles rams this book tells the story of the 1950s rams through one's lens jim's dad john who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957 check out a son's story of his father in the Team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywood's Team and on Twitter Holly, at Hollywood's Team. I mean, you guys, if you've already read this book, if you've heard this ad, you bought the book, you loved it. A, let us know. You can email us. You can reach out to us on Twitter. And B, reach out to Hollywood's Team and ask ask Jim Hawk any questions or just let him know you enjoyed the book. You can find this book in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find it through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, this book is worth any every penny for any Rams fan out there. But it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me, you won't regret it. Jim Hawks' book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's well worth your time. Okay, so we're going to talk about some Rams since haven't happened in the news this week. It's official. Zach Taylor has joined the Bengals as their head coach. Uh, Johnny, give me your thoughts on this hire.
2: It surprised me quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, not so much that, you know, other teams are going to try and get some coaching prospects from the Rams. I mean, it's, it's understandable because... You know, the the Rams are Super Bowl contending team, so uh anytime you have that kind of you know presence in in uh in the playoff system, you're gonna draw some interest from the coaching staff. But particularly Zach Taylor uh becoming a head coach, I thought that was kind of an extreme jump. And before, you know, we mentioned well, Sean McVay was an extreme jump. Yes, kind of, but at least it was a little bit, you know, a jump into, it it was a small jump from, you know, offensive coordinator to head coach. You're talking about a guy that was a quarterback coach that's young, doesn't really have a huge influence in the league as Sean McVay did. To head coaching the Bengals, I, I don't know. Like, not to take anything away from Zach Taylor, because you know, uh, yeah, he he was the quarterback coach uh, for for the Rams. Jared Goff had a had probably the best career, uh, year of his career, so I guess that is that. But for me, I, I don't know. This one was a head scratcher. What, what are your thoughts, Steve?
1: I I hated this hire. I did a podcast with Derek a couple weeks back and we talked about the head coaching hires We graded them all I hated this I hated Cliff Kingsbury which I'm not really gonna do that's a completely different story and but Matt LaFleur was another one I didn't like and very similar reasons to this I mean you could say yeah Sean McVay he was the youngest head coach ever or NFL head coach ever but he was the offensive coordinator for I think two years in Washington and You look at the numbers that they put up watching. It was mind-boggling. Kirk Cousins threw for almost 5,000 yards, 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Pierre Garcon, 1,000 yards. Deshaun Jackson, 1,000 yards. Jordan Reed at 686 and Vernon Davis at 583. If Reed didn't get hurt, he's probably at 1,000 yards. Jameson Crowder had 847 yards. All of these guys were just putting up monster numbers. I mean, Rob Kelly, Fat Rob. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. If he is, he doesn't play. That's 700 yards and six touchdowns that year. That offense was chirping, man. They were on fire. They they were ridiculously good, and they, he got every bit out of everyone on that team. They all overachieved, and that's why Sean McVay got the job. Zach Taylor doesn't call the plays. Sean McVay calls the plays. Yeah, he gets some credit for being the office or being the quarterback's coach. Jared Goff did have the best year of his career, but. Still think most of that credit goes to Shaw, uh, Sean McBay. and same thing for Lafleur. Similar job, except at least he got hired to be the offensive coordinator before he being head coach. And quite honestly, I don't think he did a good in t- job in Tennessee. And now you're putting him in Green Bay to coach one of the best quarterbacks of all time. It's a lot of pressure for him. I mean, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to listen to Matt Lafleur. So I could be wrong on both of these hires, but I don't get it. I think. You're really just trying to catch lighting in a bottle with somebody who knows Sean McVay's system and coach with him and is just young and might be the next Sean McVay, which everybody is chasing. And to be honest, maybe – just maybe Sean McVay isn't the out- – or he's not the outlier. He's an anomaly. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean uh, I don't – I think it's kind of stupid quite frankly, to find the quote unquote uh, next Sean McVay. Uh, there isn't another Sean McVay out there. You know, it, 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 he doesn't exist in, unless you have a Sean McVay clone. There, there's, it, 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 he doesn't exist. So I don't understand why you would even pursue this, uh, especially in the form of a guy that wasn't even an offensive coordinator beforehand, wasn't calling the plays. It, 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 it makes no sense whatsoever and you know i i do wish zach taylor well i don't i don't wish it you know anything bad of him i don't i hope he doesn't completely flop but you know i i don't get cutting marvin lewis to replace him with zach taylor i i if i'm if i'm the the Bengals, if i'm a Bengals fan i'd be upset quite frankly because there there are a lot of other guys that could have filled in the position a lot better than Taylor, in my opinion.
1: Right. And Johnny and I, and I think most sports podcasters, um, there are some who are just flat out will never, um, you know, what's <laughs> what I they have their takes and they're standing by him no matter what happens. And you could be like, yeah, Jared Goff is a bust. And then he could do this for two years. And then you watch Super Bowl and you say, what did I tell you? Jared Goff, not good. There are those people out there. But for the most part, when you have a negative take, you want to be wrong. And I think we both want to be wrong about Zach Taylor. I don't think I'm going to be. But if, if he comes out and does it, man, good for him. I mean, if next year, Sean Mannion signed with a team, threw for 4,000 yards, and made the Pro Bowl, yeah, I'd eat my words. I'd be stunned, absolutely floored. But I'd still, I'm still, i still rooting for the guy. I mean, I'm not rooting against him. But, like, I, I just don't. I don't believe in Zach Taylor as a head coach right now. And I think that's the guy, like the Titans did, you go out and get as your offensive coordinator. And I'm not sure. I think he, LeFleur got his job too early. Um, I think Taylor got his job way too early. I think that's not a good situation for him, looking at that roster. Uh, yeah, you got Joe Mixon, who's a talented player. You got A.J. Green, if he comes back with an injury, good for him. But you got a quarterback who literally, the, there is – a line called the Dalton line which is named after him because he's just the most the epitome of an average quarterback and if you could do what McVay did with your Kirk Cousins with him great for you Zach but I don't know man that's a lot to ask from somebody like that uh who's never been an as a coordinator
2: I I want to try something here to to see if uh to see if your word kind of reigns true here what if you uh would you be happy for a certain tight end named Jared Cook, if he
1: won Man of the Year. No. Uh, uh <laughs> Man of the Year, yeah, I'd be happy. Um because that's an off the field character driven award. Um look, if Jared Cook wins Man of the Year or even gets nominated, I'll apologize to him, all right? I I will swear on that on this podcast, if he is nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. But if he won comeback player of the year, you know what? You're right. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be rooting for him or be happy about it. Um, but I hope every player would win man of the year. Um, <laughs> but there are guys you don't like. All right, that's true. But they have to spurn you for a reason, and like. Zach Taylor, or even Sean Mannion, they they haven't done anything to spurn us. Jared Cook, we signed him to a big contract. He was an immense disappointment. He didn't really try quite frankly. He shoved Austin Davis on the sidelines. I have my reasons, and I think they're justified.
2: Can't shove your boy Austin Davis.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> or your quarterback in general. If he could have shoved Sean Mannion, I'd be pissed. whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, no now you know it's real.
1: Oh, uh, okay. In completely unrelated news, uh Wes Phillips was hired as the Rams tight end coach. Um, Wade Phillips' son, obviously Wade Phillips is going to be seventy two next year. So I think this is a good move to keep Wade around and keep him happy, and maybe Wes ends up being a pretty good tight ends coach. I mean, what do you think?
2: You know, if he's half the coach that his that his father is, uh I'm all for it, you know, especially at tight end, because while we did see some improvement from Gerald Everett, eh, I guess you could say there was a slight improvement from Tyler Higbee also. Uh, I I have to say I, I am hoping for even more improvement coming this following year. I, I don't know if both of these – well, I'm pretty sure Everett's going to return. I'm not sure about Higbee. Uh, unless Though
1: they should both be back um contract wise it would make little to no sense to cut Higby unless if they could trade him and get something of value yeah but um I I'd be really surprised if either of those guys were gone Everett is gonna be here I think we can set that in stone
2: yeah for sure it would be extremely odd if the Rams parted ways with Everett for whatever reason but um yeah, uh, we definitely need the tight ends to step up even more next season. I think the more weapons at Goff's disposal, the better, especially um, because we've seen how effective that ever could be. And if, if uh, you know, Wes Phillips is able to, uh, you know, draw this kind of, um, you know, tight end core to be something even bigger than it was, then who knows, maybe we have the next, coming of a phillips coach uh i don't know uh, it's kind of odd he's not a defensive coach now that i think about it but uh <laughs> but who knows maybe maybe he starts at tight end and he goes defensive coordinator yeah i don't know you get what i mean
1: you never know man some people switch it around um was marty schottenheimer an offensive coach
2: Ooh, that's an interesting because
1: brian schottenheimer is Basically, a defensive coach for the opposing team.
2: Yeah, Marty was was more offensive. That's true.
1: Well, no, Brian. I was making a joke. Brian is an offensive coordinator. Have you just uh, purged well, the Brian Schottenheimer years from your memory? I wouldn't. I'm I wouldn't blame to, you for it,
2: Steve, Steve. Let me let me forget those awful years. I don't. Pretty much. Let me forget all of the years between the Super Bowl years. In the early 2000s, basically until the past two seasons.
1: I want to forget all of that. I'll never forget the Rams have the ball uh, near the goal line. Seconds remaining and their play to win the game is a goal line fade to Brian Quick. And for those of you who are not Rams fans at the time, as you can imagine, it did not work. (laughs) Um, Johnny Sam Shields announced he's not retiring. You think he'll be back on the team next year?
2: You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was back on the team just because we need depth, you know, and basically our options are kind of limited at the moment. Yeah, uh, we have – we basically have, you know, the duo coming back and Tlaib and Peters, which is great uh, unless, you know, they cut. For whatever reason, I don't imagine they would, but I guess that's an option. Uh, You have Coleman, who, uh, yeah, um, if there's a way to get rid of him that, or at least spark some sort of anything from him, that would be helpful as well. Uh, But after that, you have Troy Hill, who's a free agent, uh, you know, we could bring him back. Sam Shields is, you know, he, I thought he did pretty well, all things considering, you know, coming back. Uh, I Would I be upset he didn't sign with the Rams again? Not really, but I w- wouldn't mind it either. Uh, I mean, if you get him for the same cheap contract as this past season, why not? You know, it's always nice to have that veteran presence, especially because I think at some point uh, you're going to see the Rams draft a cornerback, uh, you know, maybe in the later rounds. Hey,
1: what are your thoughts? don't forget, he was Johnny Hecker's favorite target this year. This is true. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't pay much more than the vet minimum to keep him. But if he's not commanding a lot of money and that's what he's going to get. Yeah, good leader, uh, underrated special teamer. And decent fine depth cornerback. I mean, he got destroyed by Tyreek Hill this year, but he should not be guarding Tyreek Hill. Um, I think everyone can agree on that. I, I don't knock Wade Phillips for trying it, but if Talib is healthy, I don't know if that's matchup is as just locked in as it is. Uh, so yeah, man. I I would take Um I would take Sam Shields back. And dumber take news there was an article revolving about how the Rams should trade Todd Gurley before his extension kicks in. Johnny, we don't have to touch on this a ton. Derek talked about it on last week's podcast for Ramstalk Radio, but <laughs> what do you think of the notion that we got to move on from Todd Gurley before his massive extension kicks in?
2: Hashtag fire that rider. Uh, like, no, seriously, like, uh, I don't, This this is so baffling to me you know for a guy that had one of the one of a an amazing season before his injury i I, all of a sudden just somehow flies off the radar you'd think that he slapped somebody's puppy like i I don't get it like what what (laughs) what what did he do to get all of this hate and you know, now they're saying trade the guy. What, what are you going to roll with C.J. Anderson? Is, is, is C.J. Anderson going to be your answer for the future? You know, don't, don't get me wrong. C.J. Anderson is, is a great player. You know, he, he showed up for, you know, a couple games. But he's also an older guy that, you know, before entering the Rams, jumped from team to team. So... Uh, you, it's just so baffling that you would even consider trading Todd Gurley uh, uh, i don't know am, am i overreacting steve i don't think i'm overreacting
1: no there's a case not there's a case to be made that running backs are not worth the money that you give Todd Gurley but i think some running backs are and i think he's one of them and i I think it's a dumb notion to say you should trade him when back-to-back years he has been one of the most valuable non-quarterbacks on offense in the league. One offensive player of the year last year. This year he made a pretty good damn run at it, but Pat Mahomes took the cake, deservingly so. But no, no, you shouldn't trade him. He, he's so young and he's so good. You lock him up to that contract. Um, it's not one of those things where like, maybe teams have figured him out because of how he played in the playoffs. No, it was A, he was a little hurt, not a lot, not enough to off the field, B, he ran for 100 yards against the Cowboys, so it was only the last two games, and C, Sean McVay loves C.J. Anderson, I don't think he likes it more than Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley didn't have a good first half against the Saints, McVay felt more comfortable with Anderson in the Super Bowl, he wanted to get, split the time, he really likes C.J. Anderson, everyone needs to understand that, well, it's, it's not the right move in my opinion, but no, you don't move Todd Gurley, he's, he's too good to move, man, and yeah, you are you go into the future with a core of Goff, Gurley, Cooks, and Donald, and you're happy with it, man. I, I think it's as simple as that. And speaking of Rams running backs, our last Rams news topic here, Malcolm Brown on Twitter. You can follow him at MallyCat underscore 28. Was not thrilled that his touchdown did not make the NFL top 25 play of the year. Now I believe you told me he was at what ninety four.
2: <laughs> That's right. It's actually kind of funny because, like, I don't, I I don't get how you rank these. To be honest, because there were some impressive plays all year long, not just by the Rams, but of course, all all over the league. But I, I'm sorry, but that was one of the most entertaining plays I had ever seen before in my life like honestly it was an amazing play so in a way i can kind of understand why he was a little upset as it being the 94th ranked play uh i don't know if it's that relevant to be honest to be (laughs) upset about it but um you know to, to kind of diminish the the overall effect of the play that was a damn good play and I, I, I will agree that it should be ranked a little bit higher than 94th. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it.
1: <laughs> I agree. Ranking plays is kind of like uh, voting on Grammys, okay. It's completely arbitrary. It's almost entirely opinion based. Now there's some you know things people can agree on. you know, I think people for the most part can agree on what's a bad play and what's a bad song in terms of what's a great play some people think look at other things differently and most importantly popularity matters to a strong degree Uh, there's a reason why a lot of indie artists don't win the big awards at the grammys if you don't sell well you're not gonna get nominated it's not true for tv shows it's not true for the emmys it's not true for the oscars it has a little bit of it but the same thing applies here malcolm brown unfortunately is not a popular player If Todd Gurley had that touchdown, bet your ass it's in the top 50. I'll tell you that. But because it was not him and because it wasn't, you know, a game winning player or anything like that. And I think more importantly, because we lost the game. That's probably why it was forgotten about a little bit. I think 94 is a bit insane. Uh, Maybe not in the top 25, but that was was one of my favorite Rams plays of the year, man. Yeah. um, He did get a little disrespected. And. I don't blame him for being mad. I think it's funny. His tweet was funny. He put the Kanye shrug and Kanye quote from when he interrupted Taylor Swift. Uh, So I love him a little bit more today.
2: Uh, I mean, any any time you you bring up like a Kanye meme, you already know it's going to be hilarious. But uh, (laughs) but I got to say, though, uh, you know, for it being ranked so low, let's let's talk about something a little bit better. You know, what would you know, what would boost his rankings a little bit. What would having a nice haircut at the Golden Ram Barbershop?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: agree. Tell me, tell me why.
2: Yeah. Oh well, you know, I I went to the Golden Ram Barbershop. They turned this fluffy, ugly individual into Magic Johnny. That I mean, that that's gold in and of itself. It's Golden Ram Barbershop. So. At the Golden Round Barbershop, this is a guy that has wall-to-wall memorabilia of the Rams. If you don't like Rams memorabilia, you're probably in the wrong fan base. Uh, but this thing is literally a shrine to the Rams. Uh, and he basically had it ever since they left uh, Los Angeles. Now that they're back, he has even more stuff. Uh, give, uh, give it a look. You know, Stop by uh, in, in uh, Orange County. Uh, at 13755 golden west street in westminster california 92683 uh it's a buy appointment only so make sure you make that appointment get your get yourself a nice haircut give him a call at 714-894-rams or 7267 uh use promo code ramstock to know that we sent you because hey he, he loves listening to uh uh, to us about Rams football and he can he can definitely talk uh, Rams football with the best of us so uh, very knowledgeable not just about the Rams but about football in general so uh, get yourself a nice haircut, talk football look at some nice Rams memorabilia, absolutely man this is worth going to so um, again
1: give him a call 714-894-7267 love it and of course, our friend Sal Martinez over there with Golden Ram Barbershop, man, you, you're in the area, you can't go wrong with a haircut from Sal. All right, we we'll be talking about the Rams a lot during this offseason, off obviously, but right now, because you know what, man, we've been talking about the Rams for basically every single episode of this podcast, pretty exclusively, we're going to go around the league a little bit, talk about, you know, <laughs> what's going on in our league. The biggest story today is the day we recorded this podcast, Antonio Brown asked for a trade, Johnny, what do you make of this whole situation and where do you think he ends up?
2: You know, it it was the writing on the wall was there. It's not a huge surprise. Uh, To me, the biggest surprise was that it took this long for him to demand the trade. But, you know, I I think it's going to basically come down to whether or not the the Steelers will get the value that they want for him and I, I don't know if they're going to but I do see like teams gonna be lining up to try and you know make something happen for him and it's kind of pin it's kind of tough to pinpoint where exactly he could go to but I I expect teams like you know maybe the Raiders being uh interested in him what they have to offer him really, other than some picks, uh, I I don't really know, and that's basically what it might come down to is maybe they offer one of their, uh, I think they have four first round picks, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if the Raiders was a target for uh, for Antonio Brown, in which case that's gonna make a very happy David uh, uh, Derek Carr.
1: I I'm not sure he's gonna net a first round pick to be completely honest with you man um pulling up his contract now but he he's got a high number he's 30 years old this year he's gonna make 22 million dollars next year 18 million after that 19 million um it's mostly guaranteed it's not an easy to cut contract so i think they will ultimately get a second round. They might get a first. They might get a late first, but I think more than likely they end up getting a second rounder for him uh, just because of that age and that money. And for Pittsburgh, you got a guy who doesn't want to be there and a team that, quite frankly, they're kind of fed up with him, it seems like. Uh, Not everyone in the locker room, but I think Roethlisberger and Tomlin. uh, Another topic for another day on how we feel about those guys. But to me, looking at the draft and looking at cap space, um, you kind of look around the league and I think – The 49ers have the 36th pick, the Raiders have the 35th, the Colts have the 34th. Those three teams, I expect them to make a play at Brown, um, and I think it would be a smart move for any of those teams to do it. The Colts, I think for them, they have a ton of cap space, and you got T.Y. Hilton in there, but why not bring in another guy? You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You have a team that's coming off a hot streak. They're young. They're talented. They're going to be competing in the AFC. You had Brown in that offense, man. It gets a lot scarier. And you, you got enough money to bring in him and Bell if you wanted to. I don't think they would. Uh, I'd be surprised if those two guys play together next year, but them will make a lot of sense. The Raiders, I don't. I threw him in there just because they're the, they're the freaking Raiders, man. Who knows? But timeline wise, I don't know if he makes another, a ton of sense for them, but it, it wouldn't be a shock. Uh, you know Gruden. And then the 49ers a team that he has been vocal about wanting to play for. It would make sense for both sides. Uh, He's a target for their quarterback, where they paid a ton of money. You get Brown in there for three years. Uh, It's a decently talented receiving core, but adding a guy like that, it elevates it, man. And those, I think, would be the most likely landing spots for Antonio Brown. But a lot of times with this shit, man, you don't know where they end up, and it kind of surprises you where they end up. Moving on, Nick Foles voided his option. He's going to become a free agent. Where do you think Nick Foles plays next year? Whew,
2: that is interesting. Uh, you know, I I do think that there's going to be a market for, for Foles, but I don't know if it's going to be as big of a market as he's thinking. Uh, and I probably think, you know, a team like say the Denver Broncos might take a chance on him I mean, hey, why not they already uh tried the case Keenum experiment that didn't really have good results, but uh you know they they could no, use <laughs> they could use another quarterback, so uh who knows maybe Nick Foles might be the answer for them in Denver uh they could use as much help as they can get, honestly,
1: yeah, well, here. Looking down the list of teams, all right, these teams probably could use a quarterback. Jacksonville, uh, not a ton of cap space. Not sure if they could afford, afford fools, but I think they would make it work if they pegged him as their guy. Uh, looking up the Dolphins, I don't see it. I don't see them going to Miami. I don't think they want a stopgap guy. I think they want to bring in a young quarterback. Uh, to me, they seem like the most likely team to draft a quarterback. Washington, $17 million in cap space, not a ton, but... It would make sense for them to bring in Foles on a one-year deal, uh, given that they don't expect Alex Smith back next season. Wouldn't surprise me again with them, too, if they want to bring in a younger quarterback. But, I don't know, they're a very odd franchise, and uh, bringing in Foles for them wouldn't surprise me. Carolina, if Cam Newton's actually out for the whole season, that would make sense, just a one-year stopgap guy. Um, Foles is more than capable in that regard. Uh, The Giants, I don't don't see the Giants... um, A, because he won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, and B, they definitely seem like a team that's going to draft a young quarterback and just stick with Eli, if not. um, Broncos, I think you nailed it. That's probably the most likely landing spot. Uh, Cardinals, no, they're going with Rosen. Um, And, yeah, that's that's about it, to be honest. Uh, The Raiders, like, maybe, but I, I doubt it. I think Denver is makes the most sense for both sides even if they draft a quarterback let him sit behind Foles for a year to develop I don't know what kind of deal Foles is gonna be looking for I think if he could go grab 20 million dollars from Denver this year he'll be more than happy to do it but I don't know I don't really see him getting a long I don't see him getting the money and the years um I think he's got to choose which one is more valuable to him but he's gonna be an interesting guy to watch man and I know I knocked Foles in this podcast but uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does outside of Philadelphia, because historically it has not been great.
2: Well, he does have a ring there. <laughs> he's got his
1: fucking Super Bowl MVP, man.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, with Foles, I, I'm I'm gonna be surprised if he gets if he gets a lot of money. Also, that that was kind of one of the things too. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if he's worth that much, but. You know, this is a quarterback-driven league, so anything's possible, I suppose. Right. And, yeah, teams
1: got to get the quarterbacks. Um, Obviously, big news coming out this week. Uh, touch your subject, obviously. Kareem Hunt signed with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, One-year, $1 million deal. I will start on this. Look, I think I made a huge uh, mistake. It's inexcusable, but... Somebody was going to sign him, and whether that's right or wrong, uh, I'll let you guys be the judge, I he's going to get suspended, I don't know how long, honestly it probably won't be long enough, but he was going to be on a roster next year, and when you're a general manager, you know somebody's going to sign him, if you don't do your jobs to the best you can do, then... You are going to lose your job. It's as simple as that. That's what kind of business says. That's why all these guys, um, whether you know, no matter what they did, they're all they're always going to get a second chance. Um, I believe in second chances personally. I hunt. He's got to do the time. Uh, I hope they give him a suspension worthy of the punishment. And I don't honestly know what that would be, but he was going to play this year, and uh, I can't knock somebody as a general manager for doing something that somebody else would have done. To keep your job because it's a cutthroat business. Uh, from a football perspective, though, I, I don't really understand this. I mean, you get him on a one-year deal, so it's low risk, but or low risk on the field. But you got Nick Chubb, who's a three-down back and pretty damn good. um It was weird. It's going to tank his fantasy value. I will happily take Nick Chubb in the late second or early third if he's there. Please, he's going to be the starter for most of the year, especially because Hunt's going to be suspended. Uh, I, I, what's your whole take on this thing, Johnny?
2: Okay. First thing, it was wrong. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was wrong. Uh, I, I, I don't care what anyone thinks fight me. I don't care. He, he was clearly in the wrong in the situation. And to be honest, the fact that he was let back in the league, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with, and. You know, I, I, it's just a lot of questions, and I, I won't go into details there. But, yeah, okay, so he's been signed. Uh, big deal. Uh, he's now with the Browns.
1: Don't careers die there? <laughs> Not this year, man. That, they had a nice little year last year. Yeah, okay, okay, okay.
2: Joking aside, though. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on the thought of why. You know, uh, not to say that Hunt isn't a talented running back. Obviously, he is. And that's probably the reason why he's let back into the league. But uh, I just like, again, you brought up Chubb. And and the guy, in my opinion, is probably one of the brighter stars, uh, upcoming stars in the league. You know, other than, of course, Barkley. Uh, you know, I I would think he's the next best guy.
1: Definitely out of that draft
2: class. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I I would say that this guy could be a top 10 guy uh, going into the future. I don't think that would be a stretch. Um, Maybe not quite yet, but I think eventually he will be. And the fact that you, you brought him in along with You know, I I don't know, like it just it it just baffles me because there are so many other needs that the Browns have and they went after Hunt. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, Good luck to the Browns, because, again, you're neglecting the issues that you truly have. And this is why they have struggled so long as a franchise for kind of piss poor decisions like this
1: and it's weird because when you have chubb you don't you don't need to bring this into your team um at all uh what comes with signing a kareem hunt it's no and these are completely completely different circumstances and issues is it's kind of why it would be like if um when the the whole kaepernick thing happened and jared goff was going into the season as the Rams' starting quarterback It'd be like bringing in Kaepernick because um, it's a distraction, and I, you know, I personally think he should have been in the league, but not really top. We need to have in this conversation, but for the Rams, it wouldn't have made sense because you're bringing in a guy who people are going to be calling for him to get touches and the job, and um, a lot of media presence for a variety of reasons. When you want Goff to be the quarterback, no matter what, uh, with Hunt, it's kind of going to be like. Say, less polarizing and more like people just being mad that he's out there and um i think character rehabilitation is a real possible thing and i hope to god cream hunt becomes a better person and a better guy after he serves a suspension which he should serve and it should be lengthy and i know it might end up being six games but he should not get the same suspension as ezekiel elliott did so uh yeah it's, it's just a weird Weird decision by the Browns, um, but you only, it was a short-term cheap deal, so I get it. You're just bringing in as much talent as you can, but just, just a odd move from them. All righty, I, I think we could close with this topic, Johnny. Luis Perez, Rams preseason legend, uh, despite not really playing because we had to give Sean Mannion uh, snaps and <laughs> under center. Lit up the America, the Alliance of American Football, a new league that started this weekend. Uh, 252 yards, no touchdowns, but took a 26-0 victory over the Memphis Express led by Christian Hackenberg and Zach Stacy, our boy, the Stace God. Uh, the loss was so bad that the Memphis Express signed Jamarcus Russell after the game. Uh, the reason I'm bringing up all this nonsense is this league beat out the NBA, in Saturday night ratings. Uh, something that's definitely not going to be sustainable. But if they could even keep, I don't know, half or three-quarters of what the ratings were, this league might succeed. Uh, what are your thoughts on Perez and just this whole thing as a, as a whole? Well, Perez was
2: someone I, I wished we would have saw a lot more of uh, during the preseason. I think that's something pretty much everyone was hoping to see more of. Uh, especially because you had guys like Mannion out there that wasn't producing much of anything. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that he, you know, uh, albeit it is, it is kind of a league filled with basically NFL rejects. No offense to the participants playing, but
1: um, I mean, but you got you got Trent Richardson, Zach Stacy, and Christian Hagenberg running around out there. I mean, those were uh, three players who failed. In the NFL. And no disrespect, uh, we're sitting here on our couches talking about football. Uh, if you get to the NFL and don't make it, it's way more of an accomplishment in your athletic career than most of us will ever see.
2: That's very true. That's extremely true. <laughs> and again, it's not necessarily a knock, but it's kind of reality. Uh, that's basically what this league is being composed of is, is basically NFL rejects. And uh, kind of I think the only angle in my personal opinion that, you know, the AF is is kind of going through that is slightly better than the NFL is that they just let the players play. And one of the things uh, I, I forget who it was, but there was such a freaking knock. Um, somebody just absolutely trucked a quarterback in the league. Uh, it's kind of pissing me off that I don't remember who it was.
1: I, I saw talked, the play you're talking about, but I, I could not tell you what
2: player that was. Oh man, he got trucked, and those were the kind of hits that you know the NFL, you know, gained a lot of fans from. And guess what? There was no penalty called on that. But I guarantee you, if that same play occurred in the NFL. There would not only would be a flag, but there would be a fine for that defender, and that's
1: just. <laughs> well, it it depends what quarterback's getting hit. I mean, if that's Tom Brady, that guy's getting a, a longer suspension than Kareem Hunt's about to get, and if that's Cam Newton, uh, the refs are keeping that flag in their pocket.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the angle. If I'm if I'm marketing AAF that's the angle I'm I'm going to go after is that we play real football here. And, you know, for me, that that's what caught my attention. And, and, of course, you know, uh, I, I, I am rooting for Luis Perez, honestly, because I don't feel like he was given much of an opportunity with the Rams, which is a shame because I do think he's talented. And this is kind of showing it. Uh, again, these are NFL rejects, so uh, maybe not. But... Um, yeah, I, I hope that he becomes MVP of the league. I really do.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope so too. It'd be a cool story if Luis Perez got cut by the Rams, won AFA, AAF this freaking name MVP, and then came back to the Rams and was Jared Goff's backup for the next four years. I would love that. That would be incredible. Um, but Johnny, I'd be lying to you if I said I watched a single live snap of a football this weekend i did not um i hope it succeeds for the players uh it'd be nice to have a minor league it'd be benefit everybody um if football year-round is your thing by all means keep watching i hope it succeeds oh, i hope the xfl seeds i hope we have as many outlets as possible for players to make money because if you don't succeed in the nfl you either gotta like move to canada or play for uh, you know, week to week check, pretty much. You're not making any money. If you're not even making a, you can't play football right now. Besides the AF as a full time job, really. Um, if you're not in the NFL in America, I don't. I don't even know if the Arena League still exists. But I can't imagine they make much money right now. So I hope it succeeds, and I hope the XFL succeeds too. But personally, I will not be watching because I. I <laughs> The NFL sucks up so much of my time for six months, I'd say, because you prep in July, and you got the playoffs. So, yeah, it's six or seven months. I, I'm i going to enjoy these months off. I'm going to enjoy my Sundays of not watching football for a little bit. Um, you know, I I have a lot of people in my life I need to hang out with and talk to, and I can't be doing that if I'm spending 12 straight months just – breathing in football while working a full-time job so I think if tv shows ran every week of the year um you wouldn't enjoy them as much as if they ran performance of the year like most do um I like professional wrestling but I can't watch five hours of programming every week because it gets old uh I wish they took a break maybe had a little off season but (laughs) i don't know are you are you gonna how hard are you gonna follow this also their website sucks and i'm calling them out right now i tried to look at a box score from one of these games literally the box score page is just a screenshotted photo of the quarter scores and the final score and then another screenshotted photo from a different website of the team stats, which is basically like an interface that looks clickable and you should be able to click on each team's box scores and see their stats, but you can't because it's a fucking screenshot and I can't believe that this league has a TV deal but can't afford a developer to build a box score system on a website for a professional sports league. That's it. That's my rant.
2: This has been a rant by Steve Ribeiro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I... I wasn't planning on watching this league. I thought, okay, here comes another league that's going to just outright fail. And, and you know, to be honest, I was kind of expecting the same for the XFL. But I got to admit, I really enjoyed seeing a quarterback just get the shit beaten out of him. Because, God, the NFL, you, <laughs> I, I can't stress enough how frustrating it is when you have a beast of a player like Aaron Donald and he gets flagged for breathing on a quarterback. So like for me as a d- defender at heart, I played, you know, a defensive line in, in, uh, in high school. So for me, uh, I love seeing this kinds of hits. It, I mean, it, it's kind of adrenaline inducing. I love that fact. And for that reason alone, I'm going to at least make an effort to watch a couple of games. And if it turns out to be how I think it's going to turn out to be, then, well, nothing lost, really. I just go back to watching the Lakers lose. Um, (laughs)
1: Sixers whooped that ass on Sunday, by the way.
2: Um, You know, uh, you don't see this right now. You don't see this right now, Steve, but I'm actually putting up a finger. Can you guess which one it is? (laughs)
1: Uh, hey man, uh, Pinky, out of respect for the Sixers.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that's uh, <laughs> you, you know I'm holding up three fingers. Let's let's put it that way. And I want you to read between the lines. Can you guess which one it is now? <laughs> nope, <laughs> not guessing. <laughs> yeah, Lakers suck. I'm just just gonna say it. I, I love my Lakers. I have. I am a diehard Laker fan. But LeBron isn't Kobe.
1: Oh my god. Get the fuck out of here. Do not bring that take on my podcast. LeBron isn't Kobe. Jesus Christ, dude. What did Kobe do when he had a bad team? He got knocked out in the first round. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And demanded so- a trade. P- no offense to any of my Lakers fans. People conveniently forget about the fact that Kobe Bryant literally requested a trade for the offseason after he forced Shaq out of town and wouldn't play, wanted out of town. There was a deal in place to go to the Pistons, and something fell apart at the last minute. And then they they mended the fences, and he came back and became a legend. He's not better than LeBron. He's probably one of the ten best players of all time, but he's not better than LeBron. Maybe right now he, he no, he's not better than LeBron. I'm not. I'm not fielding this argument. <laughs> I'm just saying. More rings. Oh my fucking god! Robert Horry's better. Oh god, (laughs) you didn't. More rings. (laughs) More rings.
2: (laughs) This is true. This is true.
1: Like LeBron wouldn't have three peated if he was on Shaq's team for those first couple years.
2: Uh, I maybe maybe, but uh, point being is uh, he ain't he ain't the Mamba.
1: Mamma mia. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Wow.
2: This uh, this went into like a completely different realm here.
1: I look, you can find me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro. Come at me with your Kobe is better than LeBron takes because you're just wrong, guys. Better Laker. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be a better Laker than LeBron was. You got LeBron at 34 years old, but (laughs) the peak (laughs) of their powers is not close. Kobe was great and not even trying to disrespect him. One of the best players of all time, maybe the best player of his era, along with uh, Timmy Duncan, but not better than LeBron. Uh, and the MV- you count the MVPs, um, that's all you got to do, man. Kobe has one MVP, and LeBron has four. I
2: I think I like you know finding these uh, little triggers that just kind of just kind of gets to Steve. You know, I I feel like I find them. You like you found a lot. That come on, this podcast. <laughs>
1: That's one of them. Look, I love LeBron. I am a staunch LeBron defender. Uh, honestly, though, I'm happy he's not in Philly. Uh, if you don't know, I'm a Sixers fan here, but because it was kind of a <laughs> it was kind of a mess over the last couple of weeks, man. Um, LeBron, he, when he comes to town, he takes over the team, and I mean. For the situation the Lakers were in, uh, you're, I, you gotta. This is what you want because, yeah, it's not going well right now. But next offseason, you could have Anthony Davis and somebody else in there, and you could be competing for a title. But it's, it's a whirlwind. There's a lot that comes with having LeBron James your team, man, and you guys are experiencing it firsthand. Bring back Kobe. <laughs> 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 <Shit. laughs> Uh Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Uh, never forget that he almost played for the Pistons. All right, guys, I we're gonna wrap this up here because we're spewing off into nonsense land. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at TalkRams uh, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk, and don't forget to hit us up in the Rams Talk room on Facebook if you don't have it. Ask one of us; we'll get you access to it. Um, you can find Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Five Not Six. You can find me. At Steve Barrow My last name is spelled R-E-B-E-I-R-O. If you think Kobe is better than LeBron, come get schooled. I am here waiting for you. Uh, it's just not a true statement. Um, and don't forget to find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify, and iebeatradio.com, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time and uh, check out our podcast for the rest of the week. There's a really good show coming out with myself, Derek, and uh, former Ram safety Michael Stewart giving out all of the Rams awards. If you voted on it, you're going to want to listen. Um, and even if you didn't vote on it, give it a listen. It was, it was a good show. All right, guys. For Johnny Gomez, I'm Steve Brow signing off. Hashtag Kobe is GOAT. No.
2: type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters jalen brown throws
1: it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle
2: of la
0: is real people and 30 feet is still in range hurry
1: where else can a city this loud be this slept on where here. else is history still in the making oh my where else the nba only here season begins december 22nd on abc espn tnt and nba tv
0: Get really into your
3: favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet and get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet, excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.